Want a fresh take on what's going on with the Saints, LSU, the betting world, and the NFL? Then you've picked the right place. Jim Derry has plenty of datitude, and he's ready to tell you the way it is. Well, the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends around the country who are just hearing the news. Derrick Henry to the Saints for two first-round draft picks. Unbelievable. Yes, that is an April Fool's joke. I know that uh, people jumped up in their seats a little bit. We got we to gotta do something, right? Hello, everybody. I'm Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the Times Picayune, the advocate, and bet.nola.com. And this is Datitude, episode number 62. For a Friday, you know it, April 1st, 2022, April Fool's Day. Oh, boy. What is not an April Fool's is the Final Four is this weekend, and we couldn't have scripted it any better. Coach K's last game will be played either Saturday or Monday in the Caesars Superdome. The Duke Blue Devils are here playing the North Carolina Tar Heels. They're heated rivals. Their 238th meeting, but first all-time the NCAA tournament. And that will be in the Dome on Saturday night, somewhere around 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time, with 70-plus thousand fans in the Dome. And uh, are you one of the lucky ones? I, I will be, uh, quote-unquote, working. I will be there. I am very honored, privileged, lucky, whatever you want to call it. Um, I will be there. But uh, either then or Monday uh, is going to be Coach K's last game. And obviously, with, it, with all the blue bloods in this tournament, you got Villanova and Kansas and the others in the other game. Uh, it's amazing. You, and I'm about to get into it with my guest for the day. I'm so glad to have uh, Chris Duhon, former four-year starter at Duke in the early 2000s, but uh, he's one of our own. Mr. Louisiana basketball from the year 2000, standout at Salmon High School where he played for my friend, Coach Jay Carlin. And uh, he's going to come on and talk about um, what it feels like right now if you're a player. What are these kids going through right now? He's going to talk about what it's like for Duke to be there again. Um, it's nothing new to the Duke Blue Devils. This is the 13th time for Coach K, the 13th and final time for Coach K. Uh, what those kids might be feeling, uh, what the outlook is, all the you know the hype from the former players, just the nature of this tournament. Again, how we talk about it's a Hollywood script type ending. I mean, you could you could not have scripted this any better. And if you're rooting for Duke, and even if they lose, I mean, it's it's still a Hollywood story. I think they may make a movie from this season, whether Coach K wins the championship or not. And obviously, I've talked about, uh, you know, my future bets, and I'm a sports betting writer. I don't mind talking about it. I got a future bet on Duke that I put back in November because I said I wanted to put money down on one team. And I didn't like Gonzaga's number. I think they were like plus 550 or something. So I'm not going to go put 100 bucks down on Gonzaga to, to win 550 in the beginning of the season. Now, I put money on them later because I thought they were the best team and I, I didn't think anybody was going to beat them. Obviously, I was wrong. But in the beginning of the season, who's going to win the championship? Who gives me the best chance to win a decent amount of money? And to me, it was the Duke Blue Devils. At the time, plus 1,400, which means 14 to 1. You lay down 100 bucks, you win 1,400 bucks, which in this case, you put 100 bucks down, you get 1,500 back. And, I mean, come on. How could you avoid the Hollywood? Usually I don't fall for that kind of stuff. But in this case, back in November, I just thought the odds and, and who was playing at Duke and just this core of players that they have. And they have five starting players, maybe six players total, who are going to play significant roles in the NBA. And so they had the talent. And with Coach K's last season, and, and Zach Ewing and I have talked about it for a couple of weeks now, 
you know when it comes down to the stretch, when it comes down to the stretch, I mean, Duke's going to get any borderline call there is. I'm not saying it's going to be done on purpose or it's scripted that way, but it's just human nature. I mean, you don't want to be the one that knocks Coach K out if you're a ref. And that wasn't the, the only reason, but I'm just saying you just can't. Things in life, we've seen it. Things that you can't script. I mean, how many times have you heard the cliche, oh, you couldn't even script that. If you were writing a Hollywood movie, no one would believe it. That, that can't happen. I hear it all the time. So in this case, I mean, you just can't, you can't buy this. So the odds of 14 to 1 that they were going to win the championship just seemed to me to be a good number. It's kind of like we're going to talk about in a few minutes the Saints' odds. Now, that may not be a Hollywood script, but uh, the Saints numbers and their, the over-under win totals came out yesterday. We're going to talk about that in a minute. I just think are absurd. And I may be proved to be, maybe I'm the one who's absurd because we're going to talk about that in a moment. I just don't, I don't get those numbers. But as I jump all over the place with topics here, I, just, I thought Duke was a value. So... We'll see what happens this weekend. Again, we're going to talk to Chris Duhon in just a moment. Uh, also a nine-year nine NBA vet. But he started for four years at Duke, and he started for Coach K. And uh, so maybe certainly no one from around this area knows Coach K better than Chris Duhon, and we're going to get into that in just a moment. But I do want to talk about the Saints in the NFL because, obviously, this showed attitude. A lot of you listen for football. We're football first. In this area, we always have been, and I'm assuming we always will be. Um, but uh, did anybody see the NFL over/under win totals? What, what what am I missing here? I know, and I'm not talking to the Jameis haters out there. I I, I get where you're coming from. I mean, I I kind of don't really, but whatever. Uh, Every year, the, the, the odds come out from Caesar Sportsbook and all the other books. I have not looked to see where the other books are, if they've come out yet. I have not had time to do that. But I will this weekend. Uh, but I'm assuming they're going to all be... A, they're, they're usually all around the same, within a half a win or a win. Um, usually within a half a win. So I'm sure there will be values elsewhere. Um, but the number came out, and Vegas expects the Saints to win either seven games or eight games. So Vegas thinks the Saints will either be seven and ten or eight and nine. The over/under is seven and a half. Now you have to lay a little juice to to bet that over, which seems to me to be a no-brainer. But you have to lay one hundred and thirty dollars to win a hundred if you're going to bet the over. And I think the under was something. If you want to bet the under. You got to bet, I think you can bet 100 to win 110. So you're definitely getting a value to bet the under if you think the Saints are going to absolutely stink. But I want to know who thinks and why. And you're more than free to please contact me. I mean, please reach out to me and tell me why I'm wrong. Uh, my email address is jderryattheadvocate.com. Or you can find me on Twitter at Jim Derry Jr. I'd love to hear from you. And you can tell me why I'm wrong. But to me, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. The Saints' odds to win the Super Bowl when, it, when Vegas thought that Deshaun Watson were coming, was coming here went from 50 to 1 to 40 to 1 to 18 to 1. And then when they didn't get Deshaun Watson, they went back to 50 to 1. They signed Jameis Winston, they remained at 50 to 1. And you know, it's like I said on the show at the book yesterday. And Jeff Duncan made a joke, and he was completely joking when he said this, but I'm a homer. Well, anyone who's listened to me, you know, I've been on the air now talking about whatever for the last seven years. And I don't get the nickname Derry Downer for nothing. Because I tell it like it is, and people don't want to hear when I think the Saints stink or it's not as good as you think it is, and it's not all sunshine and roses. And I've been way on that train more than I've been on this team is good train. And in this case, I'm going to sound like a homer, I guess, 
because I think the Saints are way better than anyone gives them credit for. I mean, this team went 9-8 and eight last year. And I get Sean Payton was here and he's gone. But you can't tell me with all the things that went on last year with the, the four different quarterbacks and Simeon starting for four games and just a complete mess and Taysom Hill hurt and Jameis Winston out after game number seven and the revolving door along the offensive line and no Mike Thomas and that saga and Alvin Kamara missing games. You can't tell me that this team coming in this season should be worse than the team we had last year. There's no way anyone can make me believe that. Now, I get that Jeff, like Jeff Duncan, thinks the schedule's going to be tougher. Well, I remember last year we were going into the season saying, wow, this schedule's tough. They got a, a decent, you know, they got to play Green Bay uh, to start the season, but after that it gets easy for a few weeks, and then the last half of the season is brutal. Well, they came within a whisker of making the playoffs and finished 9-8. and eight. So I don't, to me, this schedule coming up isn't any tougher than the one we just played. So to think that they're going to win fewer than eight games, I mean, I think you're getting great odds there. I, I really do. And I think, you know, like we talked about, five to one to win the division, Tampa Bay is not five to one better than the Saints. Forget the other two teams because they got no shot. And you can take this recording and play it back to me later if Carolina or Atlanta wins the, wins the division. They're terrible. They're over under win total. I'm, I'm not, if I touch them at all, I bet the under on both of them. I think the Saints beat Carolina and Atlanta twice. So that's four wins right there. You're telling me they're not going to win three other games? Malarkey. Bruce Arians is out as the coach of Tampa Bay. I was actually upset to, to hear that. I mean, to me, Bruce Arians is half the reason why the Saints beat Tampa Bay. They won a Super Bowl despite Bruce Arians. I mean, we know why Tom Brady retired now and then unretired. He retired. He goes, "I'm not playing for that that guy." Oh, oh, you're gonna you're gonna fire him? Oh, he's gonna quit? They didn't fire him, but you don't think he just left on his own? Tom Brady says. Okay, I'll come back if he's gone. I don't care what anybody says. That's the reason why he came back. That, and that's the reason why he left. You get rid of that clown and I'll come back. They got rid of that clown and he came back. I mean, it's a really simple story. I mean, give me a break. So anyway, but regardless, I mean, is Todd Bowles going to be a good coach? Maybe. He's a good defensive coach. Same Boat really is Dennis Allen. He had his chance, and he didn't do very well. He and Dennis Allen are in the same exact boat. The only difference is Dennis Allen was coaching for the past decade or so, for the most part, under a future Hall of Famer. (laughs) Just a little bit different. So, I don't know. Seems to me that uh, the over-under window, and I don't get... Some of these over under windows. And again, I'm not going to bet any of these until we get close to the season. Because, I mean, you need to see what happens in the draft. You need to see what happens with free agency. You need to go through the schedule a little bit more when we get the real schedule. And, I mean, even though you know who you're going to play, when you play them makes a difference. Okay? So, I mean, if you go through a, a six-game brutal stretch, well, yeah, that's going to make me feel different about an over under win total. But if they spread out, then that, that's also different. But some of these numbers I don't get. I mean, the Packers over under at 11 and a half? Who's Aaron Rodgers throwing to? You're telling me that they're 11 and a half, the Saints are seven and a half? I don't think the Packers are four games better than the Saints. I'll make that bet with someone right now. If you think the Packers are going to finish four games better than the Saints, email me at jderryattheadvocate.com and I'll bet you a lunch on it. Go ahead. Kansas City, 10.5. Dallas, 10.5. Rams, 10.5. The defending champions are 10.5. They're only getting better if you ask me. And you look at some of the, the defending AFC champions, 9.5. Now, I'm not taking that. That is a tough division they're in. The Colts, 
Are they that much better with Matt Ryan? I don't think so. Nine and a half. The Titans, nine and a half. The New England Patriots, wouldn't we think, I mean, if you're a Patriots fan, don't we think they're going to get better? They're projected to have a either be just below 500 or just above 500, eight and a half. They're either going to be eight and nine or nine and eight, according to Vegas. I don't get some of these numbers. The Vikings are going to be way better. They're eight and a half. They're not, they're not in the toughest division in the planet. Going through some of these other numbers. I mean, the Panthers are at six and the Falcons are five and a half. They stink. I'm going to take the under probably on both of those. The Denver Broncos, are they that much better with Russell Wilson? Ten. Easy under in my, in my book. All things we're going to talk about in the coming months. The other Saints news, Andy Dalton. The Red Rifle is coming to New Orleans. How did we pull that deal? Let's see. i tell you what. I know it's free agency, so it didn't really work that way. But Chicago will give you Simeon, who went 0-4. The Saints were, think about that for a minute, too. The Saints were 9-4 when Simeon didn't start. And so they expect him to be that much worse. I don't get it. But I tell you what, Chicago, we'll give you Simeon, and you give us the Red Rifle as our backup. Okay, sign me up. Easy one. I don't get how the NFL works sometimes. I don't know. I must be missing something. It wouldn't be the first time I was missing something, that's for sure. Anywho... So uh, Andy Dalton, I think, is a great signing here. And I loved what he said. Um, if you look at Luke Johnson's story yesterday, um, Andy Dalton says, quote, for me, especially at this point in my career, you want to be part of a good organization and a good team. New Orleans checks both those boxes. 34 years old, very capable, very competent, number two quarterback behind Jameis Winston. And uh, before we move on to Chris Duhon, by uh, Jameis Haters out there. Um, I've seen some uh, interesting comments. Oh, maybe Andy Dalton can start. He's not starting unless Jameis Winston gets hurt. He's not better than Jameis Winston. It's not even close. But the fact that Saints starting quarterbacks have missed 19 games the previous three seasons, you can bet that there's a good chance that at some point Andy Dalton is going to see significant time as a Saints quarterback. Very good chance that it's going to happen. We'll see. Again, all things we can talk about over the next few months. Maybe the Saints still draft a quarterback. Maybe, I mean, I know there's lots of Ian book lovers and we don't want to judge a book by its cover, ha, 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 by what we saw in one game. But uh, I think sometimes you can judge what you see in one game. I'm sorry, but I think there are times when you can. And uh, I was not impressed, so let's just say that. I think there's a chance that the Saints draft another quarterback in this draft. We'll see. Obviously, other pressing needs. Will they get a wide receiver before the draft? Probably not. Maybe. Will the Honey Badger want to come play here? Will they be able to find a way to get him here? I think there's, these are all things that we're going to see. There's going to be a second wave of free agency. I think things are pretty much settled down now until the draft gets here. So um, we'll see how that goes. Plenty of time before then. Saints did not have to give away draft picks to get Deshaun Watson. They have extra picks in the third round. We don't know what's happening with Alvin Kamara. He's got a, a trial coming up, assuming that it goes to trial. But he's still got criminal charges to face. We don't know what's going to happen with that. Again, all things we'll talk about in the coming weeks. Uh, program and note, we will have a show on, a special show on Tuesday uh, for, a mul- for a couple of reasons. Um, obviously, we're going to talk about the Final Four. I'll, I'll take some clips from the night before. Um, I'll be there Monday night for the championship game, no matter who it is. Uh, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But we're also going to preview the Masters with Uncle Big Nick because... Um, Man, like I said, if you have not listened to this show or have paid attention to us on bet.nola.com, uh, Uncle Big Nick has been on fire with his golf picks all year long. 
And so uh, we're going to have him on to talk about uh, some some guys that he likes uh, maybe to look at if you want to dabble in putting a couple bucks down on some golfers here and there. Just uh, I can tell you this. Don't put any money on Tiger Woods, okay? He's not going to win the Masters. That's just a little tip. I mean, he was 40-1 to one at one point, and before we even knew whether he was going to play, and we still don't know if he's going to play for sure or not, we're getting signs that he's going to play. But I saw his odds yesterday at Caesars were 50-1 to one to win. You could play that tournament 100 times, 150 times, and Tiger ain't winning. I mean, he might shoot. I think there's a better chance he shoots 79-81 and misses the cut than it is that he wins the tournament. I mean... I know that he's not going to play unless he feels like he can compete, but Tiger Woods isn't winning the Masters. I mean, I, I know we love Hollywood stories and we talk about Duke. That That's different. That ain't happening. Well, let's move on to basketball um, and the Final Four in this weekend. And what are we looking forward to most? I mean, so, there's some people that just don't like Duke. But really, I mean, think about it. If you're not a fan of one of these teams – which I would imagine most of us here in South Louisiana, and, and I know there will be people that are listening that are fans of these teams. So there are a lot. Of, I saw yesterday, I didn't see a ton of people in town yet yesterday as I was walking around, but I, the ones that I did see, were most of them were wearing Kansas shirts. So there are going to be a ton of Jayhawk, Rock Chalk Jayhawk fans. And we welcome you to the Crescent City if you're listening to this podcast. We thank you for coming. Um, we thank all the fans for coming to New Orleans and spending their money here. But um, you could not have asked for four better uh, combatants, really. And, I mean, I guess in the grand scheme of things, if you want to change Villanova for Kentucky or UCLA, maybe. They weren't in that bracket. But Villanova, uh, to me, a blue blood. And Jay Wright has a chance to do something that hasn't been done since uh, since John Wooden did it. Uh, 40 or so years ago, or getting cl- close to 50 years, I guess now. Jay Wright has a chance to win his third national championship in six seasons. That is amazing. That is phenomenal and mind-boggling almost in this day and age of college basketball. Now, he is a 5-1 to one underdog to do it, but still, to be even be in this position, and I think they have an excellent chance to beat Kansas. I know that they got some injuries, but um, they have a, a great chance. I mean, really, the, I'm not going to be surprised if any of these four teams win the national championship, except maybe North Carolina. As good as they are, I would be surprised if they won. I wouldn't be shocked if they won, but I'd be surprised a little if they won. So let's get into it with Chris Duhon and get his thoughts. And again, Coach K, 1,201 victories. 1,201. He is, I think, 200 and something ahead of number two, Jim Beheim of Syracuse. In other words, I don't think that one's being broken. Because Jim Beheim's not going to coach long enough to win 200 and something more games. I mean, Jim Beheim is well into his 70s. Not going to happen. And Syracuse is only winning like 14, even if they won, let's say they won 16 games a year. Jim Beheim would have to be well into his 80s. That ain't happening. I think he's got maybe a year left. So in his 13th Final Four, which breaks John Wooden's record, and uh, is he going to cut down the nets? Is he going to finish his career cutting down the nets? I mean, that's the only – I mean, you can't go out any better than that if he does. So we're looking forward to that this weekend. North Carolina, Hubert Davis, what a job he has done uh, with the Tar Heels in his first season. There, he is the 10th coach in NCAA basketball history to make it to the Final Four in his first season as a coach. Um, that's pretty incredible. Not necessarily in the first season with the team, in his first season as a coach, period. Only one coach... In the history of college basketball, has won a national championship in his first season as a as a coach, and really, it's kind of got an asterisk by because Steve Fisher did it. I believe it was in 1989 with Michigan in the Fab Five, 
And uh, he had only taken over a month before. He was the interim head coach. And they won the national championship. Other than that, I think there are only two others of the, of the nine before Hubert Davis who have even made it to the championship game. So rare air for Hubert Davis. And then the other two, you got uh, Blue Bloods of Coaching. We're talking about the Blue Blood teams. Well, we got Blue Bloods of Coaching. Jay Wright against Bill Self. That's amazing in itself and fun. So it's going to be a great weekend. I hope you're looking forward to it. I was looking forward to talking to Chris Duhon, which I did this morning. I'm going to hear him right now. Welcoming into the Datitude Podcast on a Friday morning, Chris Duhon, nine-year NBA player, former player at Duke, former player at Salmon High School. Chris, how are you this morning? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Oh, we're doing we're doing okay. No April Fool's jokes, I promise. That's all. It's it's all serious business. Uh, Chris, um, obviously the Final Four in New Orleans this weekend, and uh, we're, so we're going to talk mostly about Duke. But I do want to ask you about your time in Louisiana. What what do you miss most about Salmon High School? I know you p- played for one of my favorite people in the world, Coach Jay Carlin, and uh, just what do you miss most about Louisiana? Um, you know, I mean, this is home. I mean, it's always going to be home. Uh, you know, being with Coach Carlin, uh, I mean, he's made a huge influence in my life and in my career, uh, Only not only on the court, but off the court. Uh, became real close with his family, you know, with uh, Josh and Jesse and, uh, and everybody else, Miss Ramona. You know, a lot of my best friends are, you know, you know, I made because of Louisiana, you know, as either teammates or friends in school. So, uh, you know, Louisiana is always going to be, you know, home for me. I mean, that's where everything got started for me. Uh, growing up as a man and as a basketball player. Did you get to see what Josh was able to do this year? Uh, it was quite a run for, I mean, he's he's picking up right where the old man left off. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it was great. I mean, I, I keep in touch with those guys, uh, you know, as much as I can and uh, definitely was following, uh, you know, their progress, uh, you know, either via message by them or, you know, via Facebook. But, uh, you know, we always seen this coming, like, you know, with him and Jesse, you know, they've just been basketball, you know, student of the game, you know, since they were young, obviously just following their dad and for him to have the opportunity to kind of move on to a new school and kind of make it, it about him and not have to be underneath right. the shadows of his at Selman. Uh, I, think it, I think it's what he wanted and I think it's what's best for him. And I know he's going to do an amazing job and continue success. For those out there not know what I'm talking about, Josh Carlin, the the son of Jay Carlin, who led North Shore High School, moved over from from Salmon and led North Shore to a state championship appearance this year. Uh, it was quite a run, and we are uh, very happy for for the Carlins. I know that they are very proud of what you've been able to do, Chris. And uh, you, you know, leaving Salmon, Mr. Basketball here in Louisiana, and going over to play for Coach K. And now you played between Salmon and Duke. You played for two coaches that now have won a combined. 2,100 victories in their career. That is, that is almost insane to think of, That uh, the coaches that you've been able to play for. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it has a, a big deal to do with the success that I've had. I mean, uh, you know, Coach Carlin uh, basically laid out the, you know, the foundation for uh, me as a basketball player. I mean, he taught me, you know, defense positions, offenses, defenses, you know, how you should prepare uh, you know, just every little and big detail about the game I learned from Coach Carlin. And then, you know, going to Coach K, he just, you know, amped it up a notch and, you know, just got me to the next level. So, uh, you know, both of those guys are very tremendous in my career growing. Now, again, not only as a player, but as a person as well. When you, when you went on to Duke, things were different in college basketball than they are now. I mean, you were a four-year starter at Duke. It's, it's something that you – I mean, if you – had you played in today's time, you might not have played for four years. You might have moved on to the NBA at some point. Talk about the biggest difference in, in college basketball between the time when you played 20 or so years ago and, and today. Um, well, I, you know, for me, I just think that, you know, uh, you know guys now or – are trying to get to the NBA as quick as possible or is trying to make, you know, their money the, as quick as possible, which, you know, is not a, ma- a bad thing. Like, you know, the game is changing, the world is changing. I think, you know, during my time, uh, you know, winning a national champion was kind of something that was on your checklist. Like, you know, our playing in the NCAA tournament was like on your checklist. Uh, 
I think with these guys, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, with the one and dones, most of the time they're going to get there because they're going to a Duke, a Kentucky, a Carolina, you know, those type of teams. Uh, but, you know, as far as like winning a national championship, I think, you know, nowadays is if you do it, okay, it's great. If not, you know, I'm already thinking about moving on to the next level anyway. You, and I'm assuming that you really didn't think that way. There weren't a lot uh, of that, even one or two in Duns, um, if, you, if you think about it. I mean, I know that you, you played Syracuse, I, I believe. Was it, uh, you played Connecticut, I'm sorry, in, in, the, in your senior year, I believe? Yes. Uh, and, and you talk about Carmella, who's still playing today. He was one of those ones that there, weren't, there wasn't a lot of that uh, back when you were playing. Yeah, no, and it wasn't. Um, And then, you know, again, a lot of it had to do with, you know, where you were going to get drafted. You know, like, you know, there's a lot of guys now that are leaving for the NBA and they're they're okay getting drafted in the second round or not drafted at all. You know, when we play, like, you know, you were leaving if you knew you are guaranteed the lottery. You know, that was kind of your calling card to where now, you know, there's this myth that you can kind of work your way up into the draft and get into the lottery. You know, guys just don't want to go to school anymore. So they're just, you know, trying to get, you know, to the money as quickly as possible. But, you know, in my day, you were not leaving unless you knew your guaranteed, you know, lottery pick. Now, talk about your time at Duke and uh, playing for Coach K. And, um, you know, you, you were the, your freshman year, you won a national championship. Did you think it was going to be like that for four years? <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously it did. I mean, you know, going into the next year, you know, we, you know, we lost, you know, some key pieces with, you know, Shane Battier, Nate James, um, you know, even our two walk-ons, uh, JD and, um, and callback. Um, but, you know, we basically had, you know, the same core. We're bringing in Dante Jones, who was uh, red shirting. And, you know, when they also brought in, you know, Daniel Ewing. So, you know, we were just going to reload. It was going to look a little different, but we still felt like we had the most talented team and, uh, it just shows you how 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 crazy sports are, sports is. Is that even though you can have the most talented team, um, you you know you can't win it every year. But you did make two Final Fours, and uh, talk about what do you remember most about those? And what are the kids that are playing in the Final Four this weekend? What kind of emotions are they having right now, the day before we go into the, the big day? Yeah, I mean, I think for for most of them now, they're having the same emotions that, you know that I had because you know they're all freshmen as well. Most of them are freshmen as yeah. well. So it's uh, you know it's you know it's different. You know the media coverage, even though we get a lot of media coverage at, uh, I mean, it's completely different at the Final Four. Um, you know, there's always that pressure of it's you know it's one and done. Like uh, you know we have to get it done because you don't know if you're going to make it back this year. Uh, you know, for me, you know, it was different because, you know, of the seniors, you know, I've seen the work they put in, you know, uh, throughout the year. And it was kind of like you wanted to win it for them. You know, you didn't want to mess it up and knowing that they don't have another crack at this. So uh, there's going to be a lot of emotions. Uh, you know, you know, I learned a lot from my first ones and the second one. So the second one, I was able to, uh, you know, handle it a lot better as far as like, you know, ticket requests and, uh, you know, just a complete mindset of going into it. But uh, at the end of the day, you got to enjoy this experience because you don't know if it's going to happen again. So, you know, enjoy it. And then you know, when the ball gets tipped up, you know, probably after those first two minutes of, you know, getting those nerves down, then, you know, you should be able to settle down and just get back to playing the way that got you to the final four in the first place. My buddy, Jeff Duncan, who I know you talked to uh, earlier this week, he was telling me, you know, and I want to ask a player's perspective on this. Now you play in, in, in the arena type setting all year long. Uh, you play in, you know, Cameron indoor, obviously a big place to play, but you know, you go from those arena type settings into the Superdome and you're seeing a different perspective. Does it change the way uh, you play? Is it is it hard to get adjusted to? Um, I mean, it's definitely a little bit tougher. Um, I think, uh, I mean, and I didn't have this advantage, but, uh, you know, Coach K does a great job of, you know, pre- preparation. And his preparation is also with his scheduling as well. So, you know, anytime you'll see a Dukes play, you'll always see a time where, They'll play a game, have one day off, play a game. You know, that's, you know, getting practice for playing this Final Four type settings or this NCAA type settings to where guys early on 
can kind of start saying, okay, you know, this is what type of rest I need for this next day. This is the type of preparation. And it goes for him too, just to see how guys, you know, uh, recover and, you know, if what their abilities are in doing that. And then we've always played in big places. You know, we always play in Madison Square Garden or we always play in some type of, you know, if we're playing Kentucky or some type of big school, you know, he always has that on the schedule. So it's not the first time that we see this. And then, you know, for us, we were uh, fortunate because, you know, we played sometimes in Atlanta, you know, we played in the Georgia Dome. So it wasn't our first experience playing in these games. You know, these guys, you know, especially in the ACC, they have an advantage because they have Syracuse on the schedule. So playing in that big arena, you know, yeah, then the Carrier Dome, it gives you an opportunity. So it's not the first time you're there. Uh, so you know, you know how to kind of make your adjustments and, and go, go about your business after that. All right, we want to talk about the legend, um, Coach K, 1,200 victories. Um, you know, I'm an old dude. And Coach K has been coaching at Duke since I was a kid. I mean, it, it's hard. It's hard to believe that in this day and time, when there's so many different changes, everything changes constantly. But yet, Coach K has been a constant. Um, even for you, when you got there, he had already been there for for 20 years. You got there in the middle of his career. Um, what What was it like playing for for a guy like that? And um, what are your emotions going into this weekend, knowing that no matter what happens? Either Saturday or Monday will be the last time that you see Coach K in that chair. Yeah, I mean, again, I mean, it was uh, an amazing experience, an honor to play for him. Um, I mean, you just learned so many things. You know, I guess a lot of it with his military background where, you know, he's very, 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 very particular about every little, little, little detail, um, you know, to even tucking in your jersey. Like everything means something. And, uh, you know, so you learn that about him. I felt that we were always the best prepared team. Um, and, you know, anytime we've played, um, he just always instilled this faith and belief in us that we would be able to accomplish everything because he was going to make sure we were going to put the work in and to do it. Uh, I mean, there's so many stories to where, you know, as a player, you can think that you're down and out and, you know, he's the guy that's motivating you and letting you know that you can reach higher limits and you can go even further. Um, and then I think the main thing with him is that he makes it, you know, and that's why they, you know, they kind of call it the brotherhood, uh, because it's very important for him for guys to, once they leave, still be a part of the program and still feel like they're part of the program. So he does a lot of different things, uh, to bring us all back for us to, you know, uh, reconnect if we haven't been connecting with guys that we played with or get to know guys that played before us, get to know guys that played afterwards, and also get to know the team that's currently currently there. So I think that's something that's very special because he made Duke an actual home for all of us to go back and say that's home. Uh, you know, the emotions right now, I mean, I think I'll feel it more once, uh, once the game starts Saturday. Um, but, you know, you kind of knew for me, I kind of knew this time was coming. Um, you know, you, you didn't know when, and even though you kind of have a feeling it's coming, you still never prepared how you're going to handle it. Uh, but to, you know, to be able to see how many people, how many lives he's changed and how many lives he's touched, uh, I'm very honored to be a part of that, and I'm very honored to be able to c- consider him a friend. Were you there in, in Cameron Indoor for that last game? No, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't able to make it. Um, you know, I was, uh, was helping assist coach at Bryan University uh, this year, and uh, we were actually in our playing our semifinal game okay. in a in a tournament that same day. So um, I was planning on it. That's why you, you saw my name in there because uh, usually, you know, with in that league um, on the weekends we played either at twelve o'clock, one o'clock. So right. Hoping the game was going to be over. I wasn't going to even shake hands with the other team. I was going <laughs> straight to the air. Jetting field. out of there. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I was, getting out of there. I was getting out of there. Yeah. Well, what do you think, uh, Coach K, what do you think the, is the biggest difference or is there any difference between Coach K when you played at Duke in the early 2000s and, and now? Um, You know, from outside looking in, I think uh, he's doing – He's letting his assistant coach do, you know, a lot more, uh, you know, and obviously that comes with age and his mobility and, uh, you know, his health and things like that. Um, but it also I think is because, you know, he 
wants that big coaching tree. Like he wants those guys to go out and be successful. So, uh, you know, I think he's doing a lot more of, uh, you know, getting those guys prepared to make their next steps, you know, in their coaching careers. Um, so he's a little bit less, you know, you know, uh, yeah, emotional or energetic, I would say, uh, on a day-to-day basics. But that doesn't mean that he's not that way mentally. Like he's going to be fiery mentally. His mind is always working. His mind is always thinking about preparation. I think just the physical aspect of him not being able to consistently be out there on the court and and uh, and be at a high level uh, physically uh, is probably the biggest difference. Do you think that um, just looking at who's in the Final Four this weekend, it's almost like the gods came, the basketball gods <laughs> came together, right? I mean, you could not have scripted the way that this has come down any better. I mean. Duke gets in there. They're playing North Carolina. I mean, for God's sake, really? And then on the other side, yeah. you got Villanova and Kansas. If if Duke wins, no matter whether they play Villanova or Kansas, you're talking about the true blue bloods. The only thing that might have made a difference is if, if they would have made it a Final Five and put UCLA in there or and make a Final yeah. Six and put Kentucky in there. Uh, but, I yeah. mean, it, yeah. it just, just this Hollywood script that this season has, has, has gone along, it almost makes you yeah. feel like that Duke's destined, doesn't it? You know what? I mean, it, it kind of does. You know, I don't want to jinx it, but I mean, it's just, it's just kind of, you know, you don't know what's, you don't know who the author is of the script. You know, someone might just all of a sudden out the blue, just like make it a, a tragedy. Someone might want to make it right. like right. <laughs> some Shakespearean uh, yeah. garbage, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it kind of does just because, uh, you know, you know, you're talking Kansas Villanova, like, you know, they're, they lost one of their best players. Villanova's lost yeah. one of their best players. And, Another guy is injured. I don't know if he's going to be able to play, but um, but it's and then it's again. Coach K's first title was against Kansas, and is his last title going to be against Kansas? So it's uh, they have so many storylines with this game um, that you know it just kind of feels like it's just meant to be. Uh, but you know we got to lay it out. North Carolina's playing at a very very high level right now. Um, you know so are we. So we you know we got to take care of Saturday first, and then. Uh, you know, then start thinking about the happy ever after ending. <clears throat> One of our shows yesterday, where we were talking about maybe maybe the best thing that could have happened for the Blue Devils was to lose that last game in, in Cameron Indoor because you know Coach K said this is unacceptable. We we don't lose like this. Now we, it doesn't matter who it is. North Carolina it doesn't make a difference to lose like this in Cameron Indoor. And this team has seemed, even though they lost in, the, in that ACC championship game, they have seemed more focused. And they played, to me, a lot better in the NCAA tournament than they played towards the end of the season. So maybe that loss was a good thing. Oh, I mean, I don't know if losing the – I mean, we could have picked another team to lose to. But, (laughs) uh, you know, I mean, we still got to remember this is – you know, this team is relying on a lot of sophomore and freshmen. You know, a lot of guys that have – don't have a lot of experience. So, uh, you know, when they've been hit with adversity at times, you know, it's sometimes, and it's, you know, human nature, you know, with all the talent that we have, you know, guys would be like, okay, I got us, I'm going to do it. And then this guy would be like, no, 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 I'm going to do it. You know, if that doesn't work. So there was no team effort involved in that. It was just a whole bunch of guys with talent, you know, trying to be the hero of that day. And I think that was kind of the message, you know, that they had to understand, like when, you know, things get tough or we hit adversity, we, that's when we have to come together even more. And, you know, I think uh, they started playing a little bit better there. You know, Virginia Tech was just hot. I don't think there was probably anything. Yeah, and during that stretch run, they, they just was very, very hot. They made every single shot. Uh, but what, you know, what turned it around for me was, you know, Michigan State. You know, them uh, making the adjustments uh, that they had to make, you know, starting the first half, just shooting a whole bunch of threes and then letting Michigan State kind of hang around there. Then they figured out the formula, just like, hey, let's keep pounding them inside. Let's get to the paint. Let's get to the free throw line. And then they got down by five late in the game. And so to see their maturity from, uh, you know, like you said, from that North Carolina to Virginia Tech to them being down, facing adversity, and be able to come back. And it was, you know, not one guy. You know, Roach hitting this shot, and it was Kills doing this, and then it was Ben Carroll doing this. It was like a, a group team effort for them to get over the hump and win that game. And then that was, for me, kind of the moment where I felt like, okay, this is a team that can win it all. All right, take Duke out of it. Just just, just the, the whole Final Four, and again, the Blue Bloods of college basketball. 
What do you see um, from the other three teams? Uh, which one of those other three teams? I'm not going to ask you to, to tell me what you think about Duke. We kind of know. Uh, but the other three teams, which one do you like the best? Uh, you know, I, I kind of got to go with Kansas. I mean, I like their style of play. Uh, you know, they want to play fast. Uh, you know, they're very, you know, athletic, very good on the defensive end. Um, they have a lot of weapons. Uh, uh, so I would lean, and I mean, I'm talking very, very slightly. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you know, Villanova, again, the, I think those injuries are going to hurt them. Uh, they're going to be impacted by the, those injuries. But, you know, Coach Wright is a, a amazing coach, and he's going to have those guys ready to play. He's going to have some type of game plan, uh, you know, and uh, for them to be competitive, you know, in every way, Gillespie, uh, you know, one of those four-year, five-year guards that stuck around, and and you can see it. You know, you can tell like any any game, any situation, he's not fat, you know, rattled or phased by anything. Uh, you know, you know, I think what their last game, I think he only had like two points going until late in the game, and then ends up making big shots and big plays uh, for them. So, uh, you know, with them, I'm uh, it's very unfortunate that they're you know they're not full strength, but uh, they're going to be tough. They're going to scrap. They're going to want the game blow. You know, into the you know, playing the 50s and the 60s and, you know, with their defense. And, you know, in Carolina, they're just, you know, their their main guys are playing. You know, their main four guys are playing at a very, very, very high level. And, you know, it's a great mixture. You know, you have the point guard playing RJ, uh, love the ability to get to the basket and, you know, shoot the ball from three. Manic, his ability, to, how he's been stroking the ball from the three-point line, you know, as a stretch four big. And then the big fella down low, uh, you know, just <laughs> multiple double doubles every single right. game, rim rim protection, uh, you know, th- you know, and that's what they need. You know, they're they're four guys going to have to continue to play at a high, high level uh, for them to be successful. And the job that Hubert Davis has done it, yes. with this team, uh, considering where they were, Chris, just a couple months ago, and the transformation that this team has seen, I mean, it just goes to show you the bright future that I think Hubert yeah. Davis has in North Carolina. Yes. Even though you probably don't want to give him credit for that. I know. I know. <laughs> you know, hey, but I, have, I have confidence in Shire. So, you know, he hasn't had his turn yet. I think, I think he's 2-0 and as a, as a starter already, or a head coach already. So. Right. But I, have, I have confidence in Shire. So they, they may, hopefully they start a new, new Duke-Carolina rivalry with them two as the, the head of the teams. Before we let you go, uh, just tell us, first of all, you're going to be at the Final Four. Yes, I will be. Okay, here. so you're excited. Are you, uh, do you think it's going to be a, a motion? It's going to be tough for you as a, as a former player, and maybe because you're going to be nervous throughout. Instead of, I mean, I know what you're when you're a player, you kind of settle down after the first couple yeah. of minutes. Watching the game, it's a little bit harder, isn't it? Yeah, because it's out of your control. You know, being <laughs> on the court, at least you have some control. You know, over the outcome. But but yeah, I'm definitely going to be nervous. I'm going to be mixed emotions because you know. I, uh, you know, I can't let the Carolina fans and former players see me in a weak, weak most, you know, <laughs> a weak spot. So I got to be strong, have my poker face on for that. But then, uh, you know, when I'm around, you know, my fellow Dukies, uh, you know, more of the raw motion to be able to come out. So, uh, you know, again, there's, there's a lot of different emotions, excitement, nervousness. Um, but, you know, it's going to be a great weekend and I'm happy to be a part of it. And what, what are you doing these days? Let everybody know what you're doing these days. Uh, like I said, I was an assistant coach at Bryant University this year. Uh, uh, upcoming, you know, uh, who knows? I'm just still kind of figuring out what I want to do next. Uh, you know, it's just you're a young dabbling. man. Yeah, it's just kind of dabbling in a few things. So, uh, you know, just you know, being happy, being happy, being a dad, and uh, you know, and a husband, and things like that. And uh, you know, then whatever you know, whatever comes my way that I feel like is something that I feel like I do be good at, uh, you know, then I'm gonna attack it. Chris Duhon, it's it is great to have one of our own here on the Datitude podcast, and uh, you'll always be Louisiana to us. So, Mr. Basketball Louisiana 2000, we thank you and uh, and hope you have a great time this weekend. I uh, appreciate it. Thank you very much, Chris Duhon, here on the Datitude podcast. We thank him for joining us this morning. He will be in New Orleans and be at the Final Four, and um, I'm sure he'll be wearing his his blue and rooting for the Dukies, and um, won the national championship in 2001, his freshman year, a four-year starter, which is rare 
Even even then, pretty much rare. Um, but wins the national championship his freshman year, probably thought it was going to be super easy. Oh, we got three or more of these to go. No, it doesn't happen that way. Um, as it turns out, he did go to the Sweet 16 the next two years, and uh, I think his senior year he bowed out, made it to the Final Four, and lost to UConn, I believe, in the, in the Final Four, in the national semifinals. So quite a, quite a career in college and then went on and played uh, nine years in the NBA. So Chris Duhon, we thank him for joining us. Again, Mr. Louisiana basketball, one of our own. Always fun. What is going to be fun as well is this weekend. And whether you're a huge college basketball fan, you know, there are a lot of people out there who their brackets have been busted already. Their brackets got busted the first weekend. They kind of stopped watching. I... Look, I've made it clear. I mean, I'm a football guy and a baseball guy. I love baseball is my number one sport. Football is right under it at number two. But college basketball, there's just something about college basketball that reels me in. And I don't usually get into it until, until probably January, you know, when football is dying, dying down. The, the regular the regular day-to-day talk about football starts dying down a little bit, and we got the playoffs. That's great. But uh, – I get into college basketball when conference play starts. And this year, I probably watch more college basketball than I've watched maybe the past decade. It has been a fun season. I think I've enjoyed it so much because there really have been, the teams have been, they're so close together. And that's why I knew that this was going to be a great tournament and so hard to predict. Because to me, there was no real dominant team. Even Gonzaga, who I thought was had hands and feet, I guess, better than the other teams in the tournament, um, you just kind of had a feeling they were going to lose, right? It was supposed to be what it is now. And, and it's been just a fun tournament. Every year's fun, but this one is, is a little bit different. And it was supposed to be this way in the Final Four. New Orleans just gets the best Final Fours. I don't know how or why, but it, it happens that way. And now that the, you know, we only get it about once every 10 years. And uh, I'm really looking forward to this weekend. So uh, we'll be on Tuesday uh, with our special show, recapping what we saw over the weekend, and then talking with Uncle Big Nick about the Masters, which is next weekend. Always a fun time. So you get to – how would you like to be Jim Nance? You're in New Orleans all weekend long for the Final Four, and then you get on probably a private jet and go straight to Augusta for the Masters. That's a tough life, man. I want to be Jim Nance when I grow up. I don't think it's going to happen at this point. But we're having fun here in Datitude, nonetheless. And we thank you for joining us. Hey, look, don't play too many April Fool's jokes on your family and friends, okay? Because that stuff can come back to bite you in the butt. Uh, Yeah. April Fool others as you'd have April Fooled onto you. But do what you got to do. That's going to wrap it up. We will see you on Tuesday with more Final Four talk. We'll talk about whoever the champion is. Is it Coach K? Is it Bill Self? Is it Jay Wright? Is it Hubert Davis? Who's it going to be? We'll find out. We're going to leave you with one of my favorite songs in sports. One Shining Moment. Is there a better song in sports than this one? I don't know. We'll see you Tuesday, boys and girls. Peace and love, my friends. Time is short and the road is long in the blinking of an eye. That moment's gone, and when it's done, win or lose, you always did your best. Cause inside you knew that in one shining moment, you reached deep inside.